following Jesus into the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I saw that, Bishop Churn. You're most welcome. Trying to keep us all high tech um, this morning. Very briefly, anybody, any takers on that question? Any takers on that question? Hallelujah. Let's see if it matches up with what we're going to talk about today. Hallelujah. Bishop, uh, I, see uh, your, okay. I see your hand, Bishop. You can tell she's a teacher. Raise your hand, you know, students do. Thank you, Bishop. I, I, you, I'm over, I'm, I'm taken aback because I was very happy to say that I would, it would mean to treat people as he would. But just before you stopped talking, you said something about the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I kind of sort of wanted to rethink my answer. Just thought I'd mention that. I was, I felt like it would, it means I will treat people as he did. I tried to do that, but I, that death piece. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Bishop. Was anybody else? I put on mine um, to be a witness, to, to be like he was, to be a witness and a servant to love. Man, thank you. Oh, that was nice. Nice. Anyone else? Anyone else? I think I'll um take up your cross and follow follow me. It's like denying your life, denying yourself. Mm -hmm. To live to follow into the world. Mercy. Um, Mercy. Thank you, Deacon Tamika. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else? All keep, right. reading, keep reading your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Every day. I think it takes Fair enough, okay. Anybody else? In our text, thank you all. We pick up the story in the middle. The author of this book, Luke, records a conversation that Paul was having with some of the brethren, some of the brothers, because he was on his way to Jerusalem. I always like to call him Jerusalem, if you would, ground zero. But he was on his way to Jerusalem. And the brothers didn't want him to go because they felt spirit was saying, no, don't go. And Paul's response, I'm not only ready to be bound, but also to die in Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. We're talking about following Jesus into the world. And for those who may not know about our brother Paul, 
just a brief history, Paul was a Jew. Paul was one who would persecute in his early life the Jews. He was, he was, he would say he was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. You hear his story in, in Acts and only part of Acts after the hmm, day of Pentecost and God was adding to the church. But even as Paul was on his way, and at the time his name was Saul, was on his way to, to he had orders, papers, to round up those people in the way, on his way to the Damascus Road, on the Damascus Road. God converted him and turned him around. And what's interesting is, when you read the book of Acts, you will find that even though he was blinded, God sent another man called Ananias to pray for him. God instructed Ananias, said, I need you to pray for him because he's going to learn what it means to suffer yeah. for me. So if you read the book of Acts, read that account. You understand the purpose of Paul's life. And then you can understand when we get to this point, while Paul, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I sense an excitement. He wanted to get to Jerusalem no matter what. I sense there was just this burning and yearning to get to Jerusalem. Why? Because he needed to, to get souls set free. In fact, he needed to do some corrections because in Jerusalem, while you did have some Christian Jews, they still was trying to keep the law. Paul wanted to set that straight. See, when you read the book of Acts, Pastor G, you're going to find that out later, everybody. I need to get there. Anyone at souls set free. Now, 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 let me explain. Where we're picking up the story, this is Paul's third missionary journey. And 10 years now has elapsed, somewhere around there, when we get to this point where Paul has already planted churches, he has already preached, he's already been beaten, all these things. So on his way to Jerusalem, he made different stops. And if you read Acts 20, you'll find he stopped different places, met different brothers and, and families and women. Um, but in this one place, as he was on his way to Jerusalem, he stopped at the house of Philip, who was an evangelist. She had, he had four daughters that were prophets. And while he was there, this prophet named Agabus comes and tells him that the Holy Spirit warns him that he will be bound when he goes to Jerusalem. So the brothers were urging him not to go, but Paul would not be deterred. 
He was excited to go. He wanted to win souls. If you've not gotten to that point, I would love to hear your feedback. At some point, when you read this text, do you get that excitement, that that burning desire to get to Jerusalem so he could win souls? So he could, so he, for the case of Christ, it, it was like, I got this to do. I have it to do. And it almost seems like it was an excitement. So, so, so let me tell you what I find in this verse. We're talking about following Jesus into the world. What sticks out to me is when you follow Jesus into the world, it means sometimes you're going to be misunderstood by your loved ones. They are not going to understand the call on your life. Think about it. Remember, remember they said, they weep. Why are you breaking my heart? I, 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 they didn't understand the call on Paul's life. They knew how they felt about Paul. They knew they loved Paul, but they didn't understand the calling he had on his life. And so it is when you follow Jesus into the world to your loved ones, they may not understand your calling. They might understand why you do what you do. But see, wasn't it just like Jesus? Sometimes his disciples didn't understand why he did what he did. They were sometimes perplexed. They were sometimes scratching their head. Why? Why he do that? Matter of fact, when his family, his mom and his siblings came to visit, and they said, um, your, your family's out there. Who's my mother? Who's my father? They'd see, they wouldn't understand that kind of response. But, but see, that's what happens. I want you to understand as you follow Jesus into the world, it means that you won't be understood sometimes yeah. by your loved ones. They won't understand the call on your life. Now, I, I need to, if you allow me, just a few minutes, Sister Giovanna, I got to take a little commercial break or a side point because I, I want you scholars who, who really go line upon line and precept upon precept. The Bible doesn't contradict itself. What are you talking about, Pastor? Because it says, was Paul, I'm asking the question, was Paul disobeying the Holy Spirit? Uh, because, 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 because it, 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 it would seem, because Agabus said, the Holy Spirit said, when you go to Jerusalem, you will be bound. In fact, he gave actually a, a, a visual representation, took a belt. He said, the owner of this belt took it off Paul. The owner of this belt will be tied, his hands. Right? He gave a, told him that. So, was Paul disobeying the Holy Spirit? Was there a cut? Was he's like, no, I'm going to do this anyway. It's for you, God. So I'm going to ask somebody. Let's see if that's the case. Could somebody please read Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 23. Acts chapter 20, verses 22 to 23. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And now compelled by your spirit. Say that. I am Whoa. Slow that up again. Slow that. Say that slowly. And now compelled by the spirit. Uh -huh. I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. Thank you, Deacon K. Oh, so Paul was already being compelled. He was already being directed by our paraclete, the ones that walks beside us, the one that guides us, the Holy Spirit that already told him, you going to Jerusalem. But because we have, watch this, we have the Holy Spirit. He guides and directs us. Holy Spirit was just warning him. Um, now, Paul, when you get to Jerusalem, you're going to be bound. Are you hearing me today? Are you, are you hearing me today? And so, see, that's the brothers. They didn't understand why Paul would go. After all, the prophet said, you're going to be bound. Holy Spirit said, don't go. He said, you will be bound. Are you with me today? I need to clarify that. Did you read Acts? I'm like, huh? Was, was Paul disobeying what God was, was saying? No. The Holy Spirit was letting him know what was going to happen to him when he was going to Jerusalem, following Jesus into the world means sometimes being misunderstood by your loved ones. Jesus was misunderstood. Next thing I want you to think about in this verse, following Jesus into this world means you must have compassion and a love for people. I think somebody said that. You must have a love and compassion for people. Watch, watch this. Back in verse 13. So we, 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 we just gonna exegete verse 13. We're gonna break this down. We're gonna we, we're gonna interpret this text and see what the Lord is saying to us here. But we find that Paul says, You're breaking my heart. Compassion, love. For his brother, which means what? He must have had a relationship with these brothers. And they were pulling at his heartstrings because of his love for him and his love for them. And they they really um they were really getting to him. That's why I said, Why are you breaking my heart? And sometimes when you follow Jesus into the world, now sometimes, but all the time, you need to have a love and a compassion for people. Didn't Jesus have a love and compassion for people? Watch yeah. this. Didn't Jesus weep over Jerusalem? Because he knew what was coming. I'm talking about following Jesus into the world. What, what does that look like? The brothers were breaking his heart. Relationship. 
you're following Jesus into the world, you need to have a relationship. And if you have a relationship, uh-oh, I'm going to go deep, y'all. That means you're going to have to be open because that means your heart can be broken. Oh, now the church won't talk to me. Yeah, you're going. I know you're going to hide behind the past. We all muted. Okay, stay muted. That's fine. I'm good with that. That's that's fine. But see, because when you have relationship and you follow Jesus into the world, that means you're open, and that means you can be hurt. You have to have a love for people if you're going to follow Jesus into the world. Didn't Jesus have a love for people? Everywhere he went, he was loving, as Deacon T said earlier, verbin on people today. Then, back then, during biblical times, he was verbing. He was loving, y'all. He was loving the Samaritan woman. He was loving Zacchaeus. He was loving his 12 disciples. Watch this. He was loving on Judas. You know Judas. One for you, four for me. He was the treasure. He was loving on Judas, the one, the one that would betray him. He was loving. That means he had to be open. Judas was in on his inner circle. Yeah. But he had compassion and he had love. Why? Because his heart was fixed. He knew every, he knew his purpose. He knew his destiny and that was to die. But he had to have love and compassion. When you follow Jesus into the world, you must have compassion. You must have love for people, not just your family members. Javon, no, 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 not just for your uncle. No, no, compassion, the church, the school where you go, Calvary Chapel, and those teens that just kind of like don't even want to go to where the Lord. You got to be different. You got to show a love. It's not just to Javonna, but to every last one of us. I just use Javonna because I know in her context, in her school, you meet different people different walks of life, and they have different attitudes. But even as a young person, you have to have a love for people if you're going to follow Jesus into the world. Are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me today? Watch this. Now this one, if you just want to say ouch, or if you just want to put it in the in the in the in, in, in the chat, I'm good. Still dealing with 13. Following Jesus into the world means you are willing to be put into uncomfortable situations. Following Jesus into the world means you will be put into willing to be put willing see that let me let me go back following jesus into the world means you are willing 
Get my close up. You are willing to be put in uncomfortable situations. Thank you, Lord. Paul was glad. What did he say? He said, I am ready not only to be bound, bound, mm. bound. I'm ready. Javana, I'm lit. Bring it on. I'm ready to be put in uncomfortable situations. I'm will. I didn't say I'm going to be. I'm willing, and I'm bringing on. Following Jesus into the world means you would be willing to be put into uncomfortable situations. Paul was willing, gladly. To be bound. Uncomfortable situations. Oh, where you going with this pastor Jerry? Following Jesus into the world means going into the city of Philadelphia. And now with the guns and bullets flying over your head. Uncomfortable situations. Because you don't know if you're going to come home. All you know is that you're holding on to the one whose hand is unchanging. But you'll be willing. I am going because I have a love for people. And I yes, want to see yes, the yes. people set free. So you don't mind being put in uncomfortable situations. Oh, you, you talked to me today. See, see, see when, when you follow Jesus into the world, yeah, you're going to be put in situations where you're not going to be comfortable. Watch this. You have to interact with cultures that are not like you. You have to interact with people who don't look like you. You have to interact with people who don't act like you. And it puts you into uncomfortable situations Willing, you want to do that willing to willingly following Jesus into the world means being willing, willing. I, I can't leave that out to be put into uncomfortable situations. Even as we would do Jesus week and I'm going to say and beyond. How many of you are concerned about the bullets flying overhead. That's Jern's hands up. Not sure how this is going to turn out. Or a, a car. Nowadays, you got cars running up and running to houses. That's becoming the norm. You never know who's going to run up on you. But if we're called to follow Jesus into the world, we need to take a page out of Paul's book, he was willing to be put into uncomfortable positions. Jesus was put into uncomfortable situations. Remember, one time was he was at the temple. He was talking, talking about how 
He had come to fulfill the prophecy. They was ready to, they was ready to jump him. A couple of times they were ready to stone him. But because he was God and it wasn't his time, he controlled that. But you know and I know there was a time where he put himself in an uncomfortable situation for you and me, which leads me to my final point. Following Jesus into the world means you are willing to die. Self-sacrifice. Paul said, I am not only ready to be bound, but also to die. He was talking of physical death in Jerusalem. Why? For the name of the Lord Jesus. Following Jesus into the world means you are willing to die. Deacon Tamika, TP, said it. Take up your cross. So Jesus said, and follow him. The cross, the cross. It starts with the cross. The cross means death. Are you hearing me today? Amen. Not even just a physical death, but for us, the cross, dying to our thoughts, our feelings, how we feel, not my will, but thy will be done. Following Jesus into the world means you are willing to die. I need another close up on that because I'm using the word willing again. Not we're we going to die. No. You are willing to die. It may mean to lose your life. Okay. I'm going to pause here for a minute. Let you take a deep breath. Take it in. Anybody who's just getting a little too tough, just following Jesus stuff into the world, not for you. I'm, I'm good if you drop off. I'm, I'm sad, but because this is not for the faint of heart. Following Jesus into the world costs you your very life. Are you willing to die? And I'm starting with attitude. Yeah. Starting with the way you think. You got a certain way. Are you willing? Watch this. Taking on a servant's attitude. What am I saying? Jesus came into the world to die for you and for me. He did it. Watch this. He did it willingly. His very own disciples did not understand sometimes what Jesus was doing. The cross was messy, bloody, but necessary. It was put in an uncomfortable, downright, bad situation. Why? For you and for me. Why? Because he loved us like that. He made of himself no reputation, self-sacrifice. Are we going to be like Paul? And follow Christ 
into the world, watch this, with excitement, not with drudgery, not with I got this to do. No, with excitement because you're, you're going with anticipation to see souls set free, to see souls be delivered, to see souls experience the kingdom of heaven on earth. As I said earlier, Jesus showed compassion as he weeped over Jerusalem because he knew what was going to happen. I think we had it in class. You passed the G, weeping over the city of Philadelphia. Following Jesus into the world. Are you willing to follow him willingly? I'm going to close this message on a little video clip. What it looks like for you and for me, what it could look like for you and for me today as we would follow Jesus into the world. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, it was um, I want to thank Deacon Tamika who went to the prayer walk yesterday down in Kensington. Just to give you a little glimpse. I want to thank you, Deacon T, for the clips and the pictures. It's only about four minutes. And after I finish with the video, Deacon T, I'm just going to ask you if you would just, if you care to give your experience when you were down there. We're talking about following Jesus into the world. Please, if you can. Understand, saturate with prayer. Saturate for what purpose? For transformation. We want to see change and transformation take place in this community. Without transformation, all this will be is nothing but a walk. And we're not in here just for the walk. We're in here that God will show His mighty presence and power as we go out. I'm going to read some scripture.
but to love them as we love ourselves. Help us to forgive those who have wronged us and pray for those who have mistreated us. So you will forgive our offense against you. Soften hearts, Lord, to love our enemies and to do good to them, just as you are kind to those who are ungrateful and amen. But Father God also pray for healing, healing of our mindsets, healing from a drug addiction, healing from the effects of drug addiction. Heal, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, who gave balance, those who need and comfort and heal. We pray for healing in the community, heal in the spiritual, heal physically, heal, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Deacon T. All right, so um, it was it was uh, a great experience, but it was uh, like eye opening because you know it's one thing seeing it when you're watching it, but it's another thing when you're in the in the midst of things that you see and you know and you hear. Um, but in the beginning going down there i was like lord you know what are we going to go into they just had a shooting the night before just like we mentioned earlier you know um being you know fearful of going in certain areas but i prayed for all of us <clears throat> zechariah 2 5 that the lord will have a wall of fire around us and he did just that because it was a couple of little sparks but um nothing happened uh and um it was set up, organized well. They had three uh, prayer tents, one right by the L stop, another one a couple of feet next to it, and one across, across um, the other side of Allegheny. And then um, how he had it set up was there were people that had, by volunteering, um, people that, um, excuse me, the police chaplains were there. So they were on, a, some of them were on motorcycles and it was some, um, some, uh, hmm, let me get my thought together. Hold on, y'all. I'm gonna try to be quick too. Motorcycle ministries. <laughs> they were leading the way and then the praisers, then it was uh, Pastor Lou's truck and his wife. And then it was the, the flatbed with the praise and worship team on it. And then the people who were helping and praying, um, and you know, doing uh, I call it warfare in the atmosphere. We were all behind them, and then you had people that uh, volunteered. They had bags, the big white, the big uh, paper bags, the the pickup. I call it the helper, the pickup thing, whatever that is, the pickup tool, and gloves to get as get trash, whatever trash you can get. And that was so much trash, we didn't even touch half of it. Um, and then you had to be careful because there were needles and different. Uh, drug paraphernalia and things like that. Um, I believe that mostly 
the people that did the trash, they did a little bit of everything because they did the trash once the bags were filled. You know, we went on and there was a lot of praising warfare songs. The um, young ladies did the flagging um, through the whole thing. When they, every corner they stopped, like we did when we had our walk, walk around the square perimeter of um, Allegheny to um, 16th Street and down Clearfoot, you know, how we did when we did that. It was the same type of uh, strategy, as I want to call it. But it was re really sad to see how significant the uh, amount of people there were um, laying down and zombied out or zonked out. We actually walked past what well, was actually one at one of the corners. Who had, he was shooting up right there, had the needle in his arm. You know, and there was a lot of them that not as many in the park as you would think, because I think they because of the work that they did last year and the year before, I think it's not as bad. And the park looked pretty good, McPherson Park, the one that they call Prayer Park now, which was called Needle Park because all of the addicted people were in the, were, would utilize that park for that. And they rebuilt the playground and they actually had an event there with some other organization, looked like a church where children can play and they had face painting or whatever the case may be. But people were, um, it was a little bit of everything. However, the Lord, I felt that people operated, however, Holy Spirit told them to operate if they didn't have a specific job. After each stop, they had the prayer person, as you saw the mother, I said the mother, I don't know, I just want to call it that as for respect. Um, they had someone pray after each stop, they did the praise and worship, they said the prayer, and then we moved on and processed on. Uh, I don't know how many stops we did we had a, about at least seven maybe and every stop there was a warfare song you know and the dancing and people praying out and people praying over different ones or four different ones the um the materials were being um given away and um I'm trying to think anything else. but it was to me it was kind of like a roller coaster emotional ride because when i walked down the l steps before i even really hit the steps you could feel the heaviness and the darkness in the area and it was like like heavy but as we you know as i got closer and closer to where they were i felt um lighter if you want to say of emotional feeling or whatever lighter as we as i got closer to where they where the um ground zero if you want to call it that where they began and um I really believe the Lord is moving and has moved. I'm not sure if anyone uh, was saved or anything, you know, got salvation and all that. But the main thing was to pray and encourage. And there were several people people I prayed with, um, maybe two by myself, but the other ones were with another per a couple of other people. And um, so there's people, you know, who who desire to want to be better, but it's just that that addiction that has them bound. And the one young lady that stood out to me was one who she said, I want my family back. I want my family back. And and it was her six children. She doesn't know where any of them are. She looked fairly young, no more than 35, maybe. Um, maybe a little younger than that, because she looked young. But so many other, and then we ran into somebody that just came up to us. They had a testimony about how God saved their son. 
of course it had to be passed. Don't talk about me. It was somebody that uh, went to Overbrook High School when they th when the four students were outside a hair salon. One of the two of the um, young men were shot. The girls weren't, and that's right around the corner from my house. Um, he survived, and he's playing basketball now. But the mom is really praying and want him to to live for the Lord. But I, you can tell he has no desire for the Lord and. We were just encouraging him and um, the other sister was encouraging him that the enemy, you know, really doesn't want him to, doesn't want our young people to really serve the Lord. So he's like muzzling their mouths or having their minds another way. So we just encouraged, it was an encouraging uh, type of experience. And um, I think that's about it. I, I will go on and on and on if I talked, but um the other thing was a language barrier, Lady D, because it was a lot of Hispanic people. It wasn't as many as people as I thought from around the city. I did hear one lady say she was from New Jersey. I heard somebody else say they were from Westchester and I think somewhere else. But the majority of the people looked like they were from down there and it was predominantly Hispanic, Latino um, culture. So, and that's it. Thank you, Deacon Tobacco. So the question I have, you saw what it looks like when you follow Jesus into the world right now, today, what it would look like. So we went down Kensington yesterday. My question to you, are you willing to follow Jesus into the world? Let's pray. 